Welcome to Gamers of the Lost Ark, your place for deep delves into specific games and the amazing emotions they bring forth with me, the host, Ryan, and my guest this week, the beautiful, amazing, big bad ginger nut, Kaylee. Hello. Welcome. I didn't want to do your full intro. I just thought I'd just ease you into it because you're a, you know, a guest as opposed to a co-host on this one. Yeah, I got a really nice intro this time around because we're not doing any quizzes, I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so today uh, or in general, this this podcast is, is all about a particular game. It's all about going in-depth into it, about all that kind of stuff. And today's game is Spyro. And of course, we're going to include Spyro Reignited Trilogy, just Spyro in general. Spyro is the the theme. It's not particularly Spyro 1 or 2 or 3 or any anything like that. It's just, you know, it's Spyro as a whole because I think to do an individual podcast on those, you'd end up sort of scraping the barrel for things. For sure. Than... But I do want to just say that we're not going outside of the realm of this trilogy in general yeah. because there was the there was a few spyro games they were bought by a different company and there was a few spyro games made that were not great that oh, i did okay. play but they were not great and i would prefer not to go into yeah no, no you're horrendous. fine no. we'll, we'll and stick to yeah the spyro's trilogy but yes katie basically all it is is just we we fire into whatever your thoughts and feelings are like your your first memories your favorite gameplay your favorite music your favorite characters whatever it is whatever comes to mind this is your opportunity to you know leave your vocal note love letter to the game you know so lovely what, you know what is what just as kick you off what does spyro what does you know spyro bring about in your mind what's the things that instantly flash into your mind oof hours and hours of enjoyment um especially as a kid Mm. um i was i've been playing spyro since it came out on playstation the first playstation so the first time i ever saw spyro was in a friend's house Mm -hmm. and it wasn't even the first or second spyro it was the year of the dragon i think um so the third game and i just remember being like i love dragons I'm about four years old or something. I'm about three or four years old. And I was like, I love dragons. I want to be a dragon. I want this game. Yep. So, um, yeah, I just like, I just have memories of like, I know it's not an extensive like open world game, for, but for a child to have like this whole open, like, you know, the main worlds in say the third and second game, you can just roam around them endlessly yeah. finding your gems finding eggs finding orbs whatever game it is like to an adult that's just like oh you just collect your gems you just collect your orbs but as a child it's like i had a very very extensive imagination and i used to be like oh like i used to run around pretending like make up yeah, games yeah. on my head like play the game within the game like, yeah, yeah cool. so i would spend hours just running around making up my own like narrative yeah, making cool. up my own stories so yeah, I just had like really, really fond memories of that. Um, it's good that like one thing that I have to just interject with slightly is like, because I, I like to sort of, you know, 
dive in on on each piece of, of this podcast and stuff because like this is my passion this is why i particularly love it. it's like unlocking people's emotions and feelings and thoughts around a specific game and and how it makes them feel and all those senses of wonder and everything that that can that it can be and something that i attach myself to as well but about a very different game about halo is it like the first time i ever went on to the first halo ring and you land on the planet it felt like the biggest game in the whole world. And it was something to do with being a child. It's something to do with it, like, appealing to you in that way. And also, we're talking about when games weren't, there wasn't an open world game to no. compare it to. So it this really was did the feel huge. It time. felt massive, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, you think at the time, like, it's just crazy, especially what you can imagine and create when you're younger especially with such terrible terrible graphics <laughs> um because let's be real like on the playstation one i think i love the terrible graphics they're like very fond memories for me i could go back and play spyro on the playstation one now yep there's something I'm about having... the playstation one's graphics particularly that like are it's weird because they're bad they're like they're just so like bad. they're so bad but they're also like so nostalgic and yeah. so like you know, I feel so at home in that in that terrible place in regards to like yeah. quali- like quality. You know, like you're just like, oh, you know, this is like you know all of the horrible triangle edges of everything, and everything feels so like you know, it 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 feels like you know like those I don't know like the first time you ever see like a three D diagram of anything. It's just like that. It just what it feels yeah. like. It just feels like hey, you know, we've really like made this 2d image 3d you know like that's how it feels yeah so. <laughs> like lara, lara croft's like triangle boobs like yeah, yeah. the reason it's like but, this is kind of like disturbing but it's also comforting to yeah, see the, but the exact same shape and you know size as like spyro's triangle face you know <laughs> like it's just like you could put like his face or his mouth like where her boobs are it would just fit perfect you know that's the yeah. way it feels you know <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's that feel. And I think that, like, that's something that just just to to guide you in that direction slightly before we move to different areas, that, like, the PlayStation 1 is an extremely nostalgic console, an extremely nostalgic place for a lot of people. And Spyro is a was a flagship or was one of those things mm-hmm. that really stands out in people's minds as being, especially for our age, a really particular, like, you know, baby's first game, like baby's first memory, you know, that kind of stuff of yes. like, you know, really stands out. It's the vibrant colours, it's the feeling of the PlayStation, it's the startup sound, it's everything, the music. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But yeah, so like, how yeah. how does does that like? Did what? Where does it take you? You know, is it one of those things where it's like you can imagine where you were when you played it, and it, like you can almost like feel yeah. the room you're in, or is it like particularly you're just like oh, like that place, you know, like Spyro had the colors, the whatever it is, you know? Yeah, for sure. I can remember like obviously the first time I ever played it was when I was in my friend's house, so I specifically remember my first memory of being in that house, and it's so weird because I've been back at that house before it's a family friend's home and they've like done up the house and it like looks no different now. And like, I go into that room and I'm like, this isn't the room I played Spyro in. Yeah. Um, and I remember like, yeah, playing that for hours and not wanting to go home. And my dad being like, we have to go home. And I was like, but I'm playing Spyro. I can't go home. And my dad was like, Oh, I'll just get you Spyro. But he, I remember very specifically when my dad really, really tried, it was like really hard to get for the PlayStation one over right. here. And I remember my dad knew um, a few of the staff that, because my dad is really into music and records and CDs and stuff. So he used to be friends with the girls that worked in um, 
like a CD shop, like mm-hmm. you know, like Golden Discs or H and M or H and B. Sorry, H and V. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it, it was one of those type of shops, and my dad was really friendly with the the staff that like worked there. So they would sometimes get games in, not a lot of games, mm-hmm. but they would sometimes get games in. He used to go in every week, and he's like, "Do you have Spyro? Can you get Spyro? Can you yep. please get Spyro? My daughter wants Spyro." Um, and then I remember like during that time we used to go with that same family to Spain on holidays and one of the pubs that we always went to had and I think this was such a cool idea as well they had this downstairs where they had all these um consoles set up so they Mm -hmm. had like PlayStation 1s and PlayStation 2s and they had like it was mainly PlayStation 1s actually at the time and I think old N64s and stuff set up for when the parents were drinking upstairs yeah, and the kids it, could yeah. go downstairs and play video games. So that's I a European we... thing though, because they have like arcades and just stuff like that, like nearby yeah. and, like, in hotels and stuff to have that kind of place for the kids to run and do Yeah. So I remember we went downstairs, the person that ran the place was just like, <laughs> what do you want to pick? And I went through the library and they had Spyro 1. And I was like, <gasps> Spyro! And at this point I still hadn't got Spyro. Yeah. So I was just like, I want to play with Spyro. And me and my friend actually fought over it because he didn't have Spyro 1. He only had Spyro 3. So he's like, I want to play Spyro 1. And then I like, I think we literally like, we're like, we nearly like pull our, each other's hair because I was like, I want to play Spyro. <laughs> um, we were young. I'm not saying yeah, that. Yeah, I was it, like yeah. eight years old, crazy teen. I was probably about five. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so there's some of my really early memories of Spyro, like playing for hours in that like little pub in Spain of like spiral one and be like oh this is the best thing ever and then i remember when my dad came home and he got um spiral two gateway to glimmer and i was so unbelievably happy i was so so happy and i like just trudged through it i didn't complete it very fast because i was very young i think it's like very unusual tough game to complete it was really hard it was such a hard game um but i just enjoyed it so much like i didn't have it wasn't even about getting the orbs for me it was just like immersing myself in a whole new fantasy world as a child and then he got me spyro 3 and i was like yay so i used to swap between them i didn't really care about completing one or the other because i was just too young to care about completing something it was just the the immersion of it at the time so i think that's why i play them so much Mm. that um Ryan will tell anyone that my memory is pretty shocking in real life, but my memory of Spyro, gosh, it's extensive. Is pretty good. It's yeah, you, pretty good. You're like the Spyro archive. It's incredible. You know, like yeah. I was stuck on points because I, you know, it's, this is a great time to be doing this podcast because I'm straight off the back of completing the Reignited trilogy, and it's the first time I've ever really played Spyro. Like I played it. I remember playing it early on the PlayStation, but I was very similar to what you just said, where it was like I never wanted to complete it. It was more of like just a a thing to run around and shoot things. I used to like diving in the water and stuff and swimming and you know doing those things like that, but I never really like completed it. And like you know, I've come off the back of the the, the Reignited trilogy, and it's it was amazing that when during the Reignited trilogy there was times where I was stuck, and you just like we're talking like corner for corner like hey you know like up to your right there on the ledge and i'm like oh, oh, oh right okay yeah and i'm like how the hell do you remember that so well? yeah and this like, would be over the phone this wouldn't be like i wouldn't be watching what he's doing he'd be like yeah he'd yeah. ring me 
on the phone and be like here I'm stuck on this level and I need to find a certain egg or a certain orb and I'd be like okay there's one up on the ledge if you go like right two times and then like up this way up a staircase and I remember you just being like how how is this happening and I was Mm -hmm. like I just played it so much as a kid yeah exactly there's like you've just got this kind of like you know photographic memory of all the places the the one in particular I remember was when I was I joined the cowboy level and you were like oh hey you know at the very start if you go to the left behind the house that you would just never even try to walk around and glide around the corner there's one and I was just like what I was like, this is just insane. Like, you know, it was it was yeah. like you you were you know you know like I'm not sure if this ever, you ever have this yourself, but like you know when you go to a gaming tutorial because yeah. you can't find what you're trying to look for in a game, and you think, who the fuck even was the person that found this? Like, who is that? <laughs> you're that person, you know, for Spyro. That was the thing. I was just like, wow, like you know, you're that person that just thought, oh, I'm going to glide off this 15 times, and oh, hey, there's something here. Wow, you know, like because yeah. obviously, I guess it was because you just explored so much, like you said and stuff, which is so cool. It's such a, a fascinating, you know, point of view of it that if you love something that much, that's how you get to that point, you know, and that's really, really good. But do you think that, like, it's interesting for me, and I'll fire some questions for you as we go and stuff if it comes to me, but like. Do you think because the mechanics were so simple that it was that was why you could kind of let it lend itself to you like in that way? Like, you know, it's just I literally like it's you know, to... it's the run, it's the like put your head down and run, it's jump, it's fire, you know, it's like real sort of like three button, it's simple. It's simple in a way, but I think about it when I played on the PlayStation, there was no analog sticks. Yeah. Like, imagine how, imagine trying to, like, get yourself to the edge of a cliff to try and jump off and glide when you had no analog sticks. Yeah. You were trying to, like, it was, like, really, like, trying to, like, parallel park a car sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, where you're just like, and I just want to jump off a ledge. I, that's all I want to do. I just want mm-hmm. to glide across to another place. But if you were facing the wrong way and then you tilt slightly right and it goes the complete wrong way, and you're just like, oh, fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't, I don't think, I think it was very hard when mm-hmm. you were like i i always say this i don't know how i completed games as a child i was just like some sort of child prodigy because there's games that i can't do now that i completed yeah, when i was younger that really surprised me when you said the age that you competed them and stuff but so yeah like gameplay wise like <clears throat> it, it's got a lot of platforming it's got a lot of like yeah. you know puzzly bits and and just real like basic combat and stuff of enemies yeah. you know enemies you know spyro is usually one shot it's usually a one hit for kill for most yeah. enemies which i think is really cool actually and was like really different you know yeah for sure no. yeah i really liked it though i because i think it's like yeah it's one shot but you have to be quite tactful because like yes. sometimes you'd have to jump over an enemy then flame them or you had to like some enemies couldn't you can use your flame on them you had to figure out i like i love the whole figuring out of stuff that it wasn't all just very straightforward. It's like, okay, you try it. It's like trial and error. Yeah. Um, And I really like that, which is very strange, I think, for a child because normally kids would just get very frustrated at that. But mm-hmm. I actually really liked the learning aspect of trying to figure out all that stuff. Um, going into later on, though, do, do does it then, like, keep its longevity? Like, when you're playing it, like, obviously, for me, when I played the, the Spyro Reignite trilogy, I particularly found the gameplay, like, just really smooth and nice, and I enjoyed it and mm-hmm. stuff, you know? And, like, is it something that stays with you now? Like, do you, does it, is it still a standout to you now, the gameplay? Like, is it something that you particularly enjoy, you know? Is it, like, a, a yeah. nice feeling game for you and stuff? Yeah, no, and obviously they improved it with the Reignited trilogy, so it does feel smoother than it did back then on those consoles but 
it's really nostalgic so it's almost like riding a bike so when I started playing the reignite trilogy it was just um I literally like went in and I was like I know exactly the move sets to use and everything there was yeah. no question about it um so I just felt really at home playing the game um, yeah that's cool they, specifically I do like when with the reignited trilogy um they gave Spyro a bit more of a personality where he kind of seems like I don't know if you got this vibe but he kind of is like modeled off of a cat like mm. he kind of some of his movements are very cat like like very yeah. fluid and like you know even some of his like you know when he's standing still and you don't move him for a while he does stuff that's very like like a cat yeah and I really like that detail about the Reignited trilogy. That... I did like, and this is coming from someone who I, you know, I played enough Spyro to know the differences when I played the Reignited trilogy. Although I never completed yeah. any Spyro games, like I played enough. And one of the things that the the Reignited trilogy does really, really well is it gives him weight and makes him feel like yes. he's like so like even just the pitter patter of his feet and stuff it feels like he's carrying weight and like yeah. it's not like he's like you know i'm not talking like he looks like he's like struggling or he's he's chunky or anything like that i mean it just feels like you know it feels more less like you're moving around something because like he almost glides too much i think in the original like it feels yeah, like... it's almost like he is a moving block yes. and it's like the legs move for the sake of moving but yeah. there's no he's not coming up and down like as yeah. in running he's not coming up and down fluidly yeah um so yeah but that's because they didn't have the ability yeah, to do that yeah, at the time, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's it. So I'm, and that's in no way a criticism to the older one. It's just that it's a great improvement for the new one. You know, it really makes yeah. it feel modern. It makes it feel great. It's something that is so old, and it is like a remaster, or you know, it's not a remake necessarily. It is a complete remaster. Yeah. So. Um, the only thing I will say is that some of the characters, I feel like they over, um, like they gave them too much detail. Yeah. compared to the old ones like obviously the old ones there was like there were blocks there were just blocks with faces and stuff yeah. but there were certain things like i can off the top of my head i can think of rhinox from the third game they gave them teeth in this game and it freaked me out it like really <laughs> freaked me out and i was just like they didn't have teeth in the original game they just kind of had this like gummy open mouth yeah um and i was just like i never and it's more like you know with the block characters from the PlayStation 1 version, you can imagine in your head what you they're really supposed the extra, to look like. Yeah, yeah. So then when I think the Reignited trilogy happened and they over-detailed some of the characters to the point that you were like, this isn't how I imagined them. Yeah. Like even Sheila the Kangaroo, she has clothes on in the Reignited trilogy. She yeah, never had yeah. clothes in the original one. I was like, why does Sheila have, why does she have hair? She didn't have hair in the first <laughs> one. It was like, those little things freaked me out because you had this preconceived idea as a child of what they're supposed to look like. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's That's like, cool. oh no, why, why do they look so strange? But obviously for the most, like for the most part, it's great that they mm -hmm. remastered it the way they did. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, just because you, you dove into a couple of characters there go through any of the memorable characters particularly for you you know like you know who, who stands out who particularly you know stays with you because you know i'm talking to you know someone who's really seriously you know a big spyro fan you know yes um the ones that would stick with me are obviously you have well apart from spyro and sparks which is his little dragonfly um you have hunter which is spyro's best friend who is introduced in the second game mm -hmm. And they kind of almost have like a little bit of a competitive streak between them in the second game where Hunter's a bit like, oh, I don't know, I don't want help from a dragon. But you can tell by the third game that they're just best friends. 
Yeah. They're like the bestest friends in the world. They do anything for each other. And I love mm-hmm. that. And I think, you know, Hunter always tries to be the big man, but he's like such a pussy. He's like, yeah. like literally he's a pussy cat. Like, yeah. Um, so I love that. I loved him as a character. Um, then I'm trying to think, because there's a few characters that come in the second game that don't appear in the third game. And I feel like for some reason I'm more attached to the characters in the third game because I think I played it more. Okay. Um, also because you get to play as those characters. Yeah. So say with like um the Yeti. Yeah. Um, I've forgotten his name. But yeah, the Yeti. Yeah. The Yeti. Um and you have Sergeant Bird and mm-hmm. stuff like that but you get to be those characters so i think you just you develop more of an attachment to them because you actually get to play as them yeah that's cool and now that i think about it there was another amazing spyro game that followed the trilogy that was on the gamecube that had those characters in it too and that's why i think i have more of an attachment to it oh, okay. um but yes but in the second game i really love the characters that like there's a very small range of characters in the second game but you have um the fawn is her name Alora, or is, i think the world is called yeah, Lord. the 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 fawn. Yeah, she's she's cool. I really like her. Yeah, she's really really cool. They changed the voice actor for her, which freaked me out in the Reignited trilogy because for the most part they kept the same voice acting. Yep. Um, but they changed her voice actor, and it freaked me out. Um, I'm a creature of habit, by the way, for anyone listening. So when I say it freaks me out, it's not actually that anything is bad. It's just I'm a creature of habit. I prefer when things are the original way. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's less that it freaks you out more than like stunts you for a bit, and then you're okay. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So she's really cool because she's really grounded. She introduces you to the world and stuff. And um, she's like the mother figure of the team. Mm-hmm. You have the crazy little professor dude. Yeah. Portal maker. Uh, who's, <laughs> yeah. He's just really funny. I really like him as a character. He's like supposed to be this kind of like little, I think he's a mole. He's yeah. supposed to be like, um, you know, and he's just really quirky and mm-hmm. like funny. But not overly crazy, like not a mad scientist crazy. He's just really like witty in his yes. like yeah, remarks yeah. and stuff. So I really like him. Um, and then I really specifically prefer the enemies in the second game. So you have Ripto, who is the yeah. main bad guy. He's just this. I think he's supposed to be a unicorn. Really? He's like a lizard thing, isn't he? He looks like a lizard, but he has this horn sticking out of his head, and he looks like he should be like. I could be completely getting this wrong. I don't know what he was <laughs> supposed to be. Um, but he hates dragons and he's trying to like just be an asshole. And he's yeah. like just this like really like stereotypically nasty boss guy. There's something um, I think that I, I have to slightly inject about just the enemies and just the storylines and stuff about Spyro that like it's the 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 thing that it reminds me of. It reminds me of like um like sort of preschool like stories you know like billy goat's gruff you know it's like you know you're the billy goat and you know you're trying to cross a bridge and there's a big troll in the way and he's bad and you know he's stereotypically bad you know he's like yeah girl i'm bad you know and i think that like having that kind of like pantomime kind of feel that's really good and it's really nice to have like a story like that because i think there's room for that you know because i know you can have like a really deep you know seeded like wow isn't it great to have like a, a, a you know an evil person with a great backstory like you know he had a really hard upbringing 
or something. But like, it's just like it's just standard. Yeah, this guy's like, just a dick for being a good, dick. Yeah, and good just guys, like, just like bad guys. You know, you see him like you know, it's the team rocket. You know, like you you kick yeah. them away, and they and you know the little spark goes in the sky, and you're like, yay, you know, victory, well done, guys, we done well today. You know, and that it gives you that feeling. And like even at 26, you know, I was like, ah, nasty nork, yeah. you know. I get you, <laughs> and that's yeah, like exactly. kind of what the way it felt, you know. And it's and, and I think that that's really nice. I really like that as a concept. Mm. And I think that like, although of course it blatantly would have appealed to you when you were younger, like it's cool that those those characters stay with you in that way, you know. And that you still are yeah. just like, oh, he's a he's a right fucker, you know. Like let's just get him, you know. And then you feel really good for getting him. Yeah, but I really like it specifically how so you have ripto and then he has these two i'm thinking they're dragons of some sort monsters um, whatever it is yes his, yeah is you know cronies yeah, so you, yeah you have uh <laughs> crab and goyle cro- <laughs> <laughs> no it's crush and gulp but like pretty pretty similar <laughs> crab and goyle ripto's malfoy yeah that's it, he's yeah. just a shit and that's yeah. exactly how they act now that i think about it it's like, literally malfoy is like Go- yeah. like Goyle get him and like, yeah, that's you it. know Ripto like throws these two like like Ripto's this like little munchkin dude yeah. and he has these two giant dragony looking monster things that he just is like here go get them but they're like two monsters they're supposed to be like kind of stupid yeah and like just brawn aren't they you know they're just yeah. big scary monsters yeah and they're like and he's yeah. like get them and they're like Ugh. and then all of us like but they are they're like my favorite some of my favorite boss fights though oh yeah um, yeah. to ever play in like most video games. Because I, I forget what the first one's them. called. What's what's the second one called that everyone remembers is like the hardest, one of the hardest boss fights in gaming. Gulp's one. Yeah, that's the, it. That's the second one, isn't it? The that's green the one. one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that's so difficult because it has such a an excellent thing where it plots where you're gonna go. Like it's almost like it yeah. knows where it knows where your arrow's pointing. And I had to look up a, a tutorial to get past it because it was that hard. But that... it was one of those things that just felt so good. Like you know, what does yeah. Gulp bring up for you? <laughs> oh my goodness. The thing was it's I think Gulp was way easier on PlayStation One because I actually managed to play Gulp's level without getting damaged once and you you used to get a life point or you used to get an extra health point for if you defeated a boss without getting hit once mm-hmm. and i did that i got gulp wow. i beat gulp without uh, getting amazing. hit in the playstation version but i think the reignite trilogy version was so much harder yep um it was so i was so because i remember going into it being like peace piss i was so good at this and i was i defeated crush really easily the first boss yeah in the reignite trilogy because i just had like i remembered every pattern i'd remembered every move and i was just like oh cool i'll get this in no time and then gulp just ended up being so frustratingly hard and i actually like and I would have normally been fine, but it's because I had this preemptive, like, oh, I'm going to just taste yeah, yeah. this because I know this already. I was so angry. I was so, so angry. <laughs> um, to the point I only I only ever faced him once in the Reignite trilogy because I was so angry about it. Um, He's so really hard, fun. though. Like, you know, He's so hard, but I think it's such a satisfying boss fight. Yeah, like, it, it's just... It, he is, like, a, a fine example where I think there is like so you know one of the things i don't want to make this too much about me or anything like that but like you know i think that i like what doesn't appeal to me is dark souls where it's like everybody's like gulp 
you know like the whole game is gulp but i like the fact that he's in there you know like it's like it's yeah. really quite it's like easy breezy there's tough bits there's hard and then it's suddenly it's this like really difficult bit and it was just like i felt so rewarded after i beat him you know it just it was just such an amazing feeling yeah for sure i just thought i always think of that boss fight and think it's very satisfying yeah but not when it's that hard <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um so. Because it's just really cool because, like, you know, you just have to learn his patterns and then you get different mechanics to try and beat him. Like, wooden, like you get, like, a barrel that will come down. You have to charge at the barrel to hit him or a little, like, um, missile will come down. You have to swallow the missile and spit it out at him. Yep. You know, cool things like that while trying to avoid his attacks. And it was yep. just, like, I love that. It was like whilst well, trying to kill chickens and get your get your dragonfly back because yeah. you've been whacked so many times. It's just the whole For thing sure. is like a really memorable experience. And I think, of course, the the good thing is here is that like don't worry about spoiling, don't worry about going for it, you know, any of that thing like that. Mm-hmm. Because you know this is where I want people to come who have played the game as well and really like listen through and get those nostalgia hits and everything. Be like, I oh, have yeah. yeah, like I totally remember Gulp. Like, oh my god, you know. And I think he's one of the standout things of like. Yeah, when people talk about Spyro, he's one of the things that really stands out, and especially with Ripto as well as being like, I think the I believe as well the best villain in it. He really feels yes. like the most organic and everything. Um, yeah, because like I'm just gonna put it out there, Nasty Nork's shit. He's the worst. I don't <laughs> think Nasty Nork's a good villain. I like obviously the first game isn't very stro- storyline driven. Yeah, it's just it was just here's a dragon running around trying to kill shit, and that was kind of it because it was like one of the first ever PlayStation games made, so that's fine. But if you're comparing it to the second and third game, like you're like, oh, nasty Nork is supposed to be like the main Spyro villain. I'm like, no, he's trash. He's worse. Yeah, it's only because like, it's only because he has that bit where he goes, nasty Nork's toast. You know, like, and it's just, you know, yeah, it's just classic, isn't it? <laughs> For sure. It's what, it's like, like nostalgia, isn't it? It's like, you know, it's your first boss. You're always like, oh, that's the best, you know, but it's not necessarily actually the best. But like, I think Ripto's the most organic. You know, he f- mm. he feels like he fits the role so perfectly of like the little dweeb you just want to, you want to whack, but he's behind his big cronies and you're like, ah, yeah. you know, like, you know, it's just, is that kind of Malfoy, you know, when you actually do show down with him, he's not as strong as, you know, he likes to make, likes to think, he likes to think he is or whatever, you know, it's that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Which miss, I think they missed the boat on the third game because they have the sorceress who is like also some sort of weird dragon thing. Crocodile, Crocodile. Maybe? She's definitely a crocodile, yeah. Yeah. And isn't it her obsession is she wants wings or something mad? Like, I can't remember I don't what know. it was. She's, she she wants to, to kill all the baby dragons to make herself yep. wings. I was like, I thought it was to earth? get herself a new staff or a new crystal or something. Oh, you could be right. I like my version better. I probably made up my version <laughs> in my head as a child. <laughs> I want wings. I want to be a dragon. I'm a crocodile. And I'm like I halfway was, there. <laughs> I probably thought she was like Cruella de Vil, where she was like, oh, if I got all these Dalmatians, then I'll make a coat out of it. <laughs> Oops. But she, I think the problem with her is, is that she's too removed. Like Ripto, Ripto has these moments, like there's two or three moments where Ripto almost faces you. And he goes like, "Hey, you know, I'm a dick. I'm gonna, I, yeah, I'm gonna be a dick in front of you. Like, you know, watch out for me. Like, I don't bother with me. They're like all those kind of things. It kind of sets it up. And then he's the person who goes, "Ha! Like, here's my first guy. And like, but she kind of like is very removed and is very far yeah. away. And I think that's the only problem with her is that she could potentially be a really good boss. Um, and they definitely leave it on the the, uh, the you know at the end with her like not dying or whatever or like you know potentially getting out or you know, not being fully dead or whatever. Um, yeah. 
which is interesting as well. Yeah. But the the only good thing I can say is you get introduced to Bianca, the bunny. Mm. And she's cute. And then I, I really like that interaction with her and Hunter because obviously they end up like... Yeah, it's cute. Like together. And I'm like, that's cute. because the, So the sorceress would send Bianca, who is like her apprentice or something, mm-hmm. um, to go tell Spyro. It's like, oh, you get out of here because she'll like turn you into something. She'll turn you into a big toad or something. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, Bianca would always give him warnings and stuff, and then... Yeah, she starts yeah. off trying to be, you know, this villainous person, but you know straight away, you're like, ah, you're not a villain really, and then she, like, no. it comes round, and, you know, it's just, it's it's a nice story of, like, it's quite often told in, in like, you know, fairy tales of, like, you know, mm-hmm. there's a there's almost, like, a downtrodden sidekick of the bad boss who really ends up turning around in the end of being a good person or helping the good guys in the end mm-hmm. or something like that which is like nice you know i like it and although it's predictable it's like good predictable it's like oh this is yeah. good like oh it's happening now this thing i knew was going to happen or whatever you know and all that um i think they they go places with the gameplay in the third one which is cool like gives it like lots of variety loads yes. of variety in it you know which yeah. is cool, like you know, areas, different things you can do in it, and all that kind of stuff. I think like they just they just expand it. It feels a bit deeper, you know, yes, which is cool. For sure, of all the different yeah. levels and different places you go to in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously you have all the different characters that you end up rescuing, and you can be so. Um, yeah. and then you also have little like, like side questy areas or like side missiony things, like the skateboarding stuff. Yeah. Which sounds so bizarre, like, yep. to say, it's like, oh, I'm playing this game as a dragon, and then he goes skateboarding. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it was just like, it, it came out during the skateboarding boom of the early 2000s. So it's just like, yeah. it just got caught up in, you know, hey, you know, let's just chuck a skateboard there because skateboards are cool. <laughs> I really like it, though. I actually mm-hmm. really like the skateboarding aspect in Spyro, even though it's so dated. Like, you can tell it's so dated, but it's like still super fun. Yeah. Um. So you'd have things like that and then you'd have like the supercharge areas and stuff like that, which I was more glad that they made that like, say, like an extra area as opposed to a main game thing. Like I remember in the first game, because I think you said this to me first as well. There's one level that you can't get to the end without going through a supercharge and jumping over like a certain area. And it was just so difficult. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, this is so unbelievably difficult like why is this a thing yeah um and the problem is when i played the reignited trilogy i was trying to platinum them yeah i have platinum the first and second game and not the third game yet so i'm literally like i'm thinking of every single little frustrating moment thing you have to do yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it becomes, becomes quite laborious and stuff and hard like because the game's hard just to complete anyway let alone if you're trying to like ace it in that way yeah because it yeah. came out at the time it was like you know kind of almost like the like parallel to like crash bandicoot it was like mm-hmm. side by side with crash bandicoot and obviously crash bandicoot is harder and less story driven than spyro yeah. whereas spyro was far more of an immersive like storyline game mm-hmm. But it still was really difficult. It still had its challenges. Yeah, for sure. So another yeah. thing, another thing that's that's uh, come into my mind that I want to talk about is that yeah. something as I played through, particularly myself, that stood out to me in this game is that you know it's beautiful, it's vibrant, it's got so many different worlds and so many different things going on. Like one minute you're fighting wizards, next minute you're fighting like you know hogs that run at you and all these different things. Like what 
areas and what particular maps and places like stand out in your mind like for me obviously the first place where it's got those beautiful green fields and the sheep and you like you know you fry a sheep for the first time and the little thing comes out it's just like that's so like nostalgic and fantastic for me and like when you first ever unfix one of those frozen dragons and stuff and it's like cool this is so cool like that but and that always stands out to me from like a nostalgic point of view but like there's other pieces of the game where i'm like wow this really takes you to so many different like almost like cool little like fairy taley fantasy places and stuff like albeit whether it's underwater or you know but the wizard one particularly stands out to me as being cool because it's like you know yeah oh it's so hard that's such a hard question, especially if you're thinking through all three of the different games. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, just be like, it's almost one of those things where it's like, follow your heart. Like what flicked into your mind when I said it? Like, what were the places that like you quickly went to? You know, I think the whole, the first home world in the second game. Yeah. Um, That stuck out to me because I just remember like going, I, I would know every single corner of that home mm. world. Yeah, and especially um, that would probably be the place you were talking about earlier on when you were like, that's where I'd run around and do my stories and stuff and like play a yeah. game within a game and like have a little narrative to yourself. And, you know, it's almost like playing yeah. with a toy, you know? Mm, for sure. Um, yeah, so that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it was quite diverse because you could run around at first, you learn how to glide there, you learn to go underwater and stuff. Like there was a bit of everything in that. Yeah, and um, it, it kind of mirrors what I was talking about in that first place as well. It is like kind of green and, yes. you know, has that kind of like, there's like castle feel. I don't know where mm-hmm. it's like that kind of like fairy tale cans- ca- um yeah. castle feel to it, you know? Yes, which I really, really like. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, and I think as well in the age we live in today that we do love just a very simple fairy tale story yeah you know so yeah i remember that um i'm just trying to think off the top of my head there was um that level in the second game that you're in the like magma place oh yeah do you remember where the guys and had they had the the bones coming out their heads and it was supposed to be like almost like the stone age era uh-huh. where there's dinosaurs and stuff like that that comes to mind um one that comes to mind to me is the the place that you go early in the second game where you go to that place with the guys who have the cannons you know and yeah. it's got and it's like and it always reminds me of like that like the whole time and they always like yeah. do the little thing where they either run into the tents or they can shoot their shoot their cannon like you know <laughs> yeah i love that that's super cool. <laughs> There's so many good ones. Like, I'm just thinking of specific levels. And ice ones I like as well. The ice ones are good. Mm. Um, Some of the first levels, like, I always... Re- because I think that's normal. You think of the first thing that you've ever done in a game. So, like, the first level of the second game was Gateway to Glimmer. Mm-hmm. And you have all these little lizard dudes running around. You're helping the lizards and you have to shoot yeah. the gems. And um, then I'm thinking of the first level of the third game where you're introduced to you're in almost like um roman empire yeah area so you have the lions that greet you and they're like oh the rhinox they have stolen my stuff and um it's very like i love the themes of each level yes they're very much like you you can you never have to guess what it is because it's just so like as i said it was like that was the roman empire so the even the the enemies like the rhinox they were dressed like roman centurions yeah yeah that's cool um 
I really like the one like, where you where you go to like a, the kind of almost feels like a kind of tinker belly kind of place where you go and you like make all the mushrooms come out the floor and you use them as like about to bounce on and stuff like that's yeah. really cool that little world as well you know yeah I love that um and it's such a fantastic game to be able to be so diverse in like that's what's so cool is like i think with other stuff you become quite rigid and it's quite hard but because it's like zany and it's a bit out there and stuff that you can really experiment and you can take it to different places like you know one minute you can you know you can have an australian kangaroo that comes along and you end up playing as but like you know it's a bit weird to begin with but it's not like weird as in you know like i oh sorry i was going to refer to the previous podcast that we recorded before this then um but th- i was talking about okami at one point where like because it's japanese and because you become a part of that law like it doesn't seem weird to you but it may seem yeah. weird if you were saying to someone like hey you know you randomly just start playing as a kangaroo you know and you'd be like what but like yeah. or like you said there's a skateboarding skateboarding dragon but when you're actually in it it just makes sense and it just works and it's just great and there's so much they can do with it and i think that's what they do really well the second two games is they yes. really do great with like every area you go to is like its own little theme and its own little cool and it almost feels like you're going around like a theme park to these different places and different areas mm-hmm. it's cool yeah it's really dope super cool i love it and i don't i'm just thinking off the top of my head like random memories i have like i'm thinking of you know that level where you go and it's almost like the monks, the Shaolin monks, and yeah. they like make things levitate, and then there's yeah. a giant yeti infesting their home, and it's just like <laughs> it's really bizarre to say out loud, but it makes so much sense when you play it. Yeah, definitely. Or the the um oh, what are they called? The it's almost like these giant mask dudes that was in the first world in the second game, and they have like the marshmallow sticks. Yes. And they've just come to life it's almost like um i can't remember what they're called but yeah they like came to life and they're just beating the like guys who live there and it's just yeah really it's comical. almost like the, it's, it's almost like they're like uh like totem dolls or something that they've yes. kind of like yeah, yeah. they've the, these guys have like brought to life and then you end up kind of like you know they're like running away from them and stuff and you have to keep sort of helping these guys out of like you know it's a bit like a frankenstein's monster kind of thing you know yeah but it's really comical like it's really funny yes. to watch because they're like going around smacking them around with like mm-hmm. marshmallow sticks and you're just like what like <laughs> yeah and i but think it's great that's something that i have to say as well that like you know not to chime in too much but like the i love the feel of it like it's feel good mm-hmm. like you if you're not i understand like there's frustration with it because there's just there's just times where it's really hard or there's like a really difficult bit you're at but the general feel of it the story the characters even the enemies and stuff it is that kind of like you know in billy goat's gruff you don't think like oh my god is the troll all right you know it's just like you you just you know it's like yay and then happily ever after and everything's like beautiful and cute and vibrant and lovely and like it's so cartoony in that way and lovely you know yes for sure i love it it's great um yeah it's just and like I give the first game a lot of stick because I'm like oh it's definitely not as good as the second two games because there's just less storyline to it but it's great it's iconic for what it was at the time and it does if you want to kind of mindlessly play something the first Mm -hmm. game is quite good because you're not concentrating on a storyline you don't really have to concentrate on what's going on you're just kind of running around and you're just like oh I have to find some dragons and that's about it yeah, and um, it thoroughly sets the scene. Yes. 
it thoroughly sets the scene and it thoroughly like makes you feel good about the world it makes you feel like you're doing a good thing and you know mm-hmm. sets the mechanics up and all these different things that are really good that then you know br- like the, then carried through and expanded on in the others you know it feels like set you up for the mechanics because you didn't learn how to um hover oh my god that was terrible yeah because that, that was only that, because that... that was only out of ignorance because i was like oh i ain't got bloody talk to him whoever yeah hunter so in the first game you don't press triangle to hover at the end of your glide. Yeah. You, that just doesn't exist. And in the second game, they introduce this. So Hunter's like, come, I'll teach you how to do this. And Ryan decides, nah, I already know how I'm to like, do this. I'm like, I just played the and first game, bud. You ain't got to worry me. I'm good. You know, I've mm-hmm. got it. I've got it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and he gets to near the end of the second game and is like to me, he's like, I just don't understand why I keep dying. And then eventually he's like, I just figured out I never learned to hover. And I was just mind blown. I was like, how did you get this far in the game oh without God. learning how to hover? Some of the things that I managed to do, like you wouldn't believe. Like there was just, I... there's there's full bits that are blatantly, blatantly just meant to be hovered up to get onto. And man, just out of perseverance, I'd just be like, glide, 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 fall off, fall off, fall off. And I literally was just like, these guys are, fucking like i don't know what the fuck they've done making this game because it just makes no sense like why would you create something you can't actually glide to like it just feels like it's impossible and man i still got there like i just like edge myself onto it and stuff or i'd like just about get there i'd like do it for a thousandth time like kind of glitch onto it and be like god that was really just like super difficult and i was like well fair play you know carry on and never really thought of it and then oh my god like yeah the dawning of when i realized that how stupid I was, basically. <laughs> yeah, he called... I think you called me up because I don't think we were actually talking when you figured it out. I think you actually called me and you're like, I just figured out how to hover it. And I was like, sorry. I was like, what is going on? And I was like, you're <laughs> nearly finished the second game and you're yeah. only learning how to hover. And sorry. I was like... And I never copped that because like he was saying that he kept dying for a long time and I was like, maybe he's just bad at it. I was like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. So I was just leaving him to it. And then he rang me up and he's like, I never figured out how to hover until now. And I was like, mind blown. Yeah, literally. Mind blown. I've done so well. Like, I wish I could have gone back and seen some of the incredible things I've done without it. You know? I don't know if I'm proud or if I'm... Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take pride. In, like, yeah, I'm going to take pride in my stupidity rather than uh, yeah, be ashamed of it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, so is there anything else particularly that stands out to you about Spyro that you're like, you know, this is like, what is it like? And I like, I sort of said this to to Primark and stuff at the end, like if you were going to sum up what Spyro means to you and stuff like that, like as, as a whole, like, or to anybody listening or anything like that, like what is your... What would your your final words or your your summary of your Spyro experience be? You know. Ooh, I feel like Spyro is a real nostalgia trip for me. Mm-hmm. It is a game that I find challenging yet simple. So I feel like it's. I feel like it just fits in very well in my life. And in my list of games, because it's a game that you can go to, there's not too much thought going into it, but it's almost like you, you're still challenged. So you still feel satisfied with it, as opposed to you have all these giant storyline games now. 
that you're just like you know you have the last of us you have horizon and all these yeah. huge big games that you're just like wow there's so much to do there's so um much content to take in. rich and stuff yeah where this is one of the few games because normally i'm one of those game like gamers that loves taking in the lore of a game and stuff with yeah. spyro this kind of is what it just says on the tin and i like that i really yeah. just like that it's just there it's got its challenges you go and do it and there's not much more to learn about that and that's fine for me for a change yeah um, sometimes it's like i said like i said earlier on sometimes it's literally just nice to have a billy goat's graph rather than a lord of the rings you know <laughs> yeah it, it's um, cool though yes and i do think it's a very pretty game yep um for what it is it has that very like mix of like a crash bandicoot jack and dexter feel to it kind yep. of is that it is that like vibrant um like alluring for kids you know it's very like you know it feels like your all your old cartoons on your your, your telly and stuff or wherever it would be like yeah it, it's, for sure it's just got a feel. It's got a feel and, does, a, and, an, yeah. and, a, and an aesthetic that like is very hard to explain. And it's and I think that there's like anybody who's coming new to it or anybody who has only played the Reignite trilogy like me, like uh, or, or less so like me because I did play a bit of Spyro before. Like if you've just played the Reignite trilogy, you'll probably get a feel for that and that's good. But there's just something about the original games and there's something about the feel of them. There's something about mm-hmm. like how the whole picture comes together. The the music the the gameplay like that you know that first time that the little jingle plays and you come in and like you know it, there's just something that because it was there at that time and i'm sure that would be the same for like maybe kids now growing up that like you know it doesn't matter what happens with fortnite we always have that feel for them you know it always be yes. that place that thing that like you know that frozen moment in time that you can always go back to in your mind and even though you've got the likes of the reignited trilogy now which is a great way to re-experience that and i hope that they do that with like the new gta trilogy and stuff like i hope that they do that same thing but like it is this timeless classic it's a classic isn't it i think that's yeah. a that's the way to a good way to explain it you know it is um, it definitely is um and i i just have a real deep love for that game like i like I'm more into like if someone was to say what I'm like as a gamer I'd be like oh I'm really into my like Skyrims and my fantasy games and stuff like that but there's just something about Skyrim that I'm like I could have the most fantasy looking bedroom in the world and I'll still put a Spyro figure up there that might not fit in but I'm just like it's Spyro yeah and he's so recognizable Um, he's such like a little like mascot almost you know and he's a little badass as well I think that's like something you can love about him as a character is that like he doesn't say an awful lot through the games, but when he does talk, he's like very much the small guy who's fighting the big guys. And yep. you like always love that little character. He's fearless and he's brave yeah. and he's just like a classic, you know, just he has good a bit of a, guy. Like a Sonic the Hedgehog type of yeah. feel to him, doesn't he? Like they even talk kind of similarly, but like yep. just that like, you know, small guy against the world and he has no fear. Mm. And, and he's a doer. Something... That's what I like the most about him is there's these big dragons that you look and you think, wow, you could probably kill everyone I've killed five times over. But what Spyro does, he gets shit done. You know, yeah. he just goes out there. He's like, you know what? World save again, sure thing. You know, I can't even have a holiday. You know, that's what the second one's like. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, you know, I tell you what, after Nazi Nog, I just deserve a holiday. Like, fair play, you know. And then, oh, you know, the whole world's gone on shit again. Fine, I'm Spyro. I'll deal with it. You know, like, it's, it's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, one other thing I have to say, and I just want to briefly touch on it, is the, no. um, 
Huh? No, no, go ahead. Like, I'm going. Oh, sorry. Go I was like, I thought you were telling me no. I was no. like, don't go ahead. I was like, I'm rude. But uh, just how, when you beat levels and stuff, especially in the second and third game specifically, the idea of in the second game, you collect talismans for every level you get. And yep. then you start collecting orbs. And then in the third game, you collect eggs. Yep. Oh, and in the first game, sorry, in the first game, you, you get the dragons, you get the frozen kind of dragons and you mm -hmm. like you have to, I just feel like that reward system is just so yeah, satisfying. Nice. Yeah. There's something so satisfying about that. So every time you collect a little orb or a talisman or an egg, you're just like, yes, I've got another one. And like, you just feel so achieved. Yeah. And you're like, I want more. I want more of them. I want more eggs. I want more orbs. Yeah. It's like a looting and mechanic. It's cool. Yeah, I love it. I really love it, and that's why that's one of like the other things that sucks me into it a lot. Yeah, and it, and it, there it really is like every little one you get is like a little sense of victory. You know, it's like mm -hmm. a little thing. You know, it's almost as if you know, as if you were a striker. Every little goal you get is like just it's perfect. You know, it's just that brilliant little moment, that little uh, achievement, that little thing where you can raise your hand or you know pump your fist and say yes. You know, yeah. like and that's great. That, that mechanic like and it stays fresh like you know mm. i know like myself that i didn't like the fact that you had to get a certain amount to get to different places like that just annoyed me personally but that's just because that wouldn't suit me but, lazy. I, but i yeah i for sure and i <laughs> and i know i know that for other people like that they would love that they'd be like oh my god cool yeah i'll go back and i'll find more and like you know that that kind of thing and then and in the end like it did work for me because it forced me to like it it forced me to like want them and then when i got them i was like oh, i'm free off and then i got the last one i'm like yes i can get through that door come on <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah for that's sure great. that's great mm -hmm. um okay are you feeling like you're rounding up to everything you need to say yeah, I feel like the problem with Spyro is because I'm just so used to playing it for so many years that if you just ask me a question about it, I keep going forever. Yes. But <laughs> I like have extensive, endless knowledge of Spyro, those yeah. three games. Mm -hmm. Um, while I am thinking about it, and I was like, even though I said not to talk about any of the other games apart from the three, as I, there was this one GameCube game that followed the trilogy that actually follows on from that story that was by the same company and it's actually really good mm -hmm. so if they ever remade that one i would definitely play it yep so good and it has a really nice feel to it and i think you'd enjoy it too and if i ever set back up my gamecube i'll let you play it oh cool yeah that'd be cool yeah. um so yeah i, I again it, it like it's always going to be the case like even when i was talking to chu about destiny and stuff it's always going to be like no matter what you do you always feel like you haven't said enough but i think you really have and I think you've like, you know, you've let us into even how you got your first Spyro and stuff, which is all fascinating mm -hmm. for me. And I love hearing stories like that. And I love like hearing your attachment to this game. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be plenty of these that I do when I'm talking about The Last of Us and talking about really emotionally hefty games and stuff where I'm like, whew, after. But this for like sure. this podcast, I think, sums up Spyro. It's just fun. It's easy. Yeah. It's like it's good to go, you know, and it's not too deep. It's not too full on, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I think that I'm really happy of how like that comes across. And I hope that that comes across when it, when it's listened to and stuff. Um, but yes, finish off by um, summing Spyro up in three words. What would your three words be to sum Spyro up? Ah, oh, uh, three words is hard. Or what comes into your head first? What's the three words that came came to you first? You know. I had a sentence that came to my head, not three words, but... Okay, say the sentence then. Spyro is better than Crash. 
but (laughs) 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 um let me think for me i whilst you're thinking i would say fun yes nostalgic Mm -hmm. and pretty would be my yeah i would have gone with simple Mm-hmm. Um, fun and nostalgic as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying it's simple as in it's like plain and boring. I'm saying simple as in it's just a simple, lighthearted game. Yeah, it's you good. Know? It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, thank you for anybody who's tuned in who is a Spyro fan. I hope you enjoyed the little trip down memory lane. And uh, if you're someone who hasn't, then please do. Because the Reunite trilogy holds up and is great yes, and really is, good. you know, a fantastic experience. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy I played it. That's for sure. It's not something mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever go back to, but it's something that I think is is fantastic, you know. Um, yeah. But yes, thank you very much for coming on, Kaylee, and being involved in... Um, is this your first ever Games with Lost Ark? Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for coming along for the first time on the new podcast. And no uh, we'll hear about me. hear from you very soon. Kelly's going to be doing some more very soon, like the Witcher DLC we're going to be doing and some various other things. And I can't wait to have you back because it's always amazing talking that's with you. if he doesn't get you. sick of me because we already do another podcast. <laughs> together, <but. laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. I have to space out with some other people perhaps, but uh, you know. If He's not, like going to if... beg other people. He'd be like, please don't let her come on. <laughs> please talk to me about the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so thank you so much everybody for listening thank you kaylee again and yeah um of course just to just to sign it off um it's been very nice to hear you uh be the spyro swoon and live up to your name that yeah. you know i introduce you as but yeah thank you very much no worries thank you thank you again for listening to another pixie gaming podcast uh, whichever one it was you chose to listen to today we are pixie podcast on twitter pixie podcast on instagram pixie gaming podcast on facebook and pixie gaming podcast on youtube and our website is www.pixiepodcast.co.uk thank you so much for listening you're all a bunch of legends and uh, here's a little outro music so enjoy